Ah, I'm a vampire man. And I got a son that's another kind of vampire man. But what is a man? A miserable little pile of podcasts. We're, it's missed connections for video games. We're talking about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show the more you nerd my name is drew and this week oh misconnections for nerd olympics our big video game summer is back and this time it's a game that i have never played before castlevania symphony of the night yes that hit 1990s uh, 1997 specifically playstation one game that really flipped the script and it put the vania in metroidvania but i cannot do this alone i need my backup i need my richter miles how are you i'm doing great i'm i'm extremely excited to be talking about uh, one of my favorite games of all time i think um i know it didn't end up in my top 10 when we did that a, a million years ago we should do that again sometime soon we really should um, at some point do that again because it's always fun to, to revisit that and and see what changes uh but this is one of my favorite video, video games of all time and like you said it's a 1997 playstation one game and this is a game that is often considered one of the best video games of all time despite the fact and a lot of people's nostalgia will kind of mandela effect this out but this game was not super popular when it first released it which, sold which is which is shocking to okay. me because i hear i hear this game come up so often i even i bought this game on playstation classics and i mean back when it was like 20 dollars for a ps1 game instead of you know the regular 50 dollars well, at so the time what helped was this game got i mean widespread critical acclaim I mean, across the board, this game was extremely well loved. And I mean, I think it holds a 93 on Metacritic for the PlayStation, the original PlayStation version. And this is a title that, you know, this is a weird this was a weird time period. And and it's we don't see this as much where a well-reviewed game just doesn't really perform. And it didn't have the worst sales, but they were mediocre. Well, but, well, the thing and I think that you have to consider the time that it came out in with this, because this is 1997 on the Sony PlayStation one. We are we, this is when 3D games were taking over. You sure. had the, this is the same year that Final Fantasy seven came out. Uh, Final Fantasy seven coming out later in the year than this. This was a March. Uh, I guess that was maybe March in Japan. I'm not sure when it came out in, in America. Um yeah, October in America. So it and Final Fantasy VII are coming out like the exact same time. Uh, and that, of course, is one of the biggest games of all time. You've got all of the fighting games that that are are that are coming out that are that are super, you know, super. I mean, they look terrible now, but they were so cool back then. And then you have this castle. It depends. Uh, the Capcom games still look pretty great because they use the anime style. So that Udon art style still looks pretty good. But but then you have Symphony of the Night, which is 
a, a sprite based uh, like basically a 2d game in the way that we had seen 2d games now obviously there are differences because this is a much more powerful console than the super nintendo or the sega genesis that that had come before not to mention that it's got the capability for cd quality audio vote spoken spoken uh uh uh, script you have characters that speak and it's not just words on a screen they've actually got them performed uh, that that i i think that one you know I, I do think that there was probably a point where you know people saw this and thought it looked old even though this is you know one of the most it's, important games of, of it's all time. possible i remember in comic books because that's where a lot of video games were heavily advertised the you know a couple of the more um, you know, kind of image like well, the, the more mature books. I don't want to say mature in the right way, but the, the more kind of like teen leaning games really did uh, market this game at least for like one month. And, and that sounds silly. But like when I say one month, I mean, every single comic book on that imprint <laughs> had an ad for it. I mean, I remember having um, a line of glossy dc books that had the back had a tommy boy ad on it for like three months um uh, and, but yeah, and, by, and by the way i do want to say if you guys are hearing button clicks in the background you might wonder what is this noise that i'm hearing the answer is yes i am playing the game right now as we're having this conversation <laughs> I'm, I'm taking little pauses and i'm trying to i'm trying to to stay invested because miles and i have been through this rodeo before where this has not worked but I'm giving yeah. it a shot again. <laughs> so uh, as as Drew mentioned at the top of the show of this putting the Vania in Metroidvania, this is considered by most the best Castlevania game and the one along with Super Metroid that kind of exemplified this genre that kind of critics smushed together um and there's been a lot of kind of i i want to say uh not revisionist but a lot of people have been looking back at this terminology and wondering how accurate it is i personally do not care uh if if you give me a 2d game with a large map that you've unfold and you have to do a lot of backtracking it's a vania so, I, I, I don't care but that's the but the, the the important thing about that is we have to talk about because metroidvania i i don't actually like that terminology because i think it takes away some of the importance of metroid to this because prior to symphony of the night so the, the idea behind a metroidvania is that it's got a huge map and that also means that there is likely a lot of backtracking a lot of hidden places that you can't find necessarily puzzles, you gotta... puzzles that you like you, you might go across the map and you unlock an ability that you then go back across the map and now you can get to new locations and mm -hmm. and that is all stuff that was very much in Metroid's wheelhouse that wasn't in Castlevania's until this game. Yeah, I mean, there's always been a little bit of it in Castlevania. I mean, Rondo of Blood had uh, a decent bit of it, but not to the degree of Symphony of the Night. And Symphony of the Night, I think, took this style of game to the next level. I think it's one of the, along with Super Metroid, the best, still the best example with recent stuff like Ori in the Blind Forest and Hollow Knight being really good, you know, I mean, the indie scene has really adopted this subgenre of platformer. And I mean, you can throw a stick at PAX and find a Metroidvania game. <laughs> yes. And that's not being that's not being flipped about indie developers. I'm just saying it's very, very popular in the indie scene. 
And there's a lot of great examples of this when there wasn't as much back at this time. But this is a game that got a big word of mouth um, because this is also a time where you could rent games from the store and not just Blockbuster, but your your neighborhood gas station, uh, you know, um, rental place or Ingles or a grocery store that, that had a rental uh, area. Ingles did have you know, rentals, didn't they? They did. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, the. There is that where they may not have sold, but a bunch of kids may have played it if they got together on a weekend and someone someone's mom took them to the store and they rented it. You know, there's a lot of ways to have experienced these old games without generating a sale. And, you know, back then people played games at your friends houses, even if you never had the game. So there were there was there are multiple ways for for this to have happened without generating a massive amount of sales. It sold, like I said, okay. It wasn't a massive hit, but time was very, very kind to this game. And since then, has I mean become one of the most recognizable games of all time, on, on top of being what's considered one of the best games of all time. And I think part of it is, you know, they they really adapted the kind of like fully in all of their marketing materials and even the cover the kind of more classic 80s anime art style kind of a vampire hunter d yoshitaka amano style hmm. that looks a little bit more i guess 90s ish than your prior box art for castlevania and it's notable that after this game every one of these games has oh, that kind of box art. yes a hundred percent it's it's all nothing but that and while um, Toru uh, Hagagara and most notably uh, Koji Igarashi, who gets a lot of the credit for how this game turned out, who went on to give us the Bloodstained games, I would argue that a massive, massive bump needs to go to uh, Michiru Yamane, who did the score for this game, because this score is a, it's a top 10 for me for game scores. I, I own it on vinyl. It's <laughs> so good. And part of it is, yes, I grew up playing this game. So I've had the, these these, you know, musical melodies beaten in my head for years because this is a game that you you really got to you got to cork in some time. And because there's so many little secrets, there's there's parts of the entire castle that you can't get to unless you've been messing around with it, which I mean, I'm, I'm can, running can, in running into yeah, that, that right can, now. That can be a barrier to entry sometimes because it, it gets frustrating. It wasn't until my last playthrough that I actually figured, oh, I, this is how I get this section of the castle much more easily. Um, but I think the music is just top notch. It's all over the place. Like, I mean, and I mean all over the place in the best way. There's there's elements of gothic rock and techno and <laughs> this weird like jazzy music and you know, these cool metal guitar licks like there's so much going on in different elements that I feel like this game has more of an identity than I think any Castlevania before or since. But I'm yammering on, Drew. This is your misconnection. So let's let's talk a little bit about this, because I know you said you're not a massive fan of this subgenre. How did you find. Playing this game, so I, I am playing so uh, again so again i've had i own a copy of this game i'm actually oddly playing on mobile 
I know that sounds wild, but I have a controller that I connected to my phone and the the mobile version of this game actually plays pretty well. Um, and it wasn't before uh, we recorded that he realized he has a Vita that has I have this a, game. I, had a, I have a Vita <laughs> that I could easily play that game on. But, you know, that's OK. I actually already owned the game on on mobile anyway, so it wasn't out any extra money. But I also think that so, but there are differences. So. One thing that I know about this game is that and something that I called out in the beginning, uh, the script to the original version of the game is not really well regarded. There's some weirdness to it. It's I mean, it's I mean, it's obviously not like the most Shakespearean game you're going to ever play, but there's a. I mean, I partially it's because and I fully fully admit this, I grew up in this time period, so I have a little bit of fondness for that kind of stilted localization but also that opening has become such a meme moment i have so many what is a blank but a miserable blank from (laughs) the beginning of, of of the game it's it's one of the most fondly recalled scenes in that game yeah so with this they have re-released the game since then. There's a version that, that came out for uh, the Dracula X Chronicles on place on the PSP, the Sony PlayStation Portable, mm-hmm. which updates the script as well as I believe redoing a lot of the. Yeah, there's all new voice acting for it as well. So I didn't see the miserable pile of secrets. I actually was trying to, to remember what the what the original line was, because it is not the same thing. Um I think another thing they may have added to this, I don't know if this is in the PSP version or travesty or in, or in the, the mobile version itself is that I believe there is some more checkpointing that happens in this game and that I have died a lot because I'm not very good, but when I die, I'm not ported back to the save point. This game does still have the save points in it. Like the original game has, but when I die, I just start back at the last room I was in. And that's a question mm. I have for you on whether that's a new thing or whether I, I just I I'm trying to remember from I think I think I think in the original game when you die you get taken back to your last save point. It might take you to the beginning of the of the location you're in. I'm trying to remember. I feel like it was to your last saved point. Um because it's I, I didn't play for this week because I had recently played through the game. And that was something I was trying to think of, because one thing this game really introduces um, or at least takes maybe not introduces, but certainly takes great use of is the fact that you can fast travel. You can, which. It, is it? Is it? Yeah. Don't you have uh, the teleportations? Maybe I haven't unlocked those yet. You should be hitting some some teleportation rooms. I have, sure I, I, I've hit teleportation rooms, but I don't know. Like, like I've hit two of those rooms. I just don't know if I can like go to the map and go to those rooms. Um, I know future entries like make it, I think, a yellow room, which they're yellow on the map. OK, yeah, but so I, I don't seem uh, to have a way to do that. But I also I also was playing this game and couldn't figure out where the map was for a long time. Um, Again, I don't know whether this is because of the mobile port. It is actually triggered to the right stick on my my controller and not to any of the buttons on the controller. It's very, 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 very weird. 
Yeah, so the the warp room was introduced in this game, but I I feel like there's a decent a decent amount of them. I mean, enough to where like you can get around. It's it's not there. There are future entries, uh, especially in the advanced games, where they're a lot more plentiful. It's a little more scarce in Symphony of the Night, but you find enough to where like it's useful. Um, but they're yeah, they're they're not extremely plentiful. Uh, so you said you you don't feel like you're very good. Do you play many platformers of this kind? I mean, I know we've played like your you know your Mario Sonic kind of stuff, but this is a little bit different. I mean, I, I have and I haven't, which is, is is a weird thing to say. I just died again, by the way, because I'm fighting on stairs for the first time. Yeah, um, and I keep yammering on. I, I meant to ask you about your experience. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's OK. So so the, the, this is this is interesting. And, and, and another thing that it does like that's very Metroid related is that you start with a bunch of really cool gear and it is almost immediately taken away from you Metroid style, which I, I laughed and laughed and laughed about, uh, which the, has been. A, a a continuing thing in games uh i know the the god of war sequels loved doing that because how else do you how else do you do it uh but so but that was something that i was not expecting in this game and and i'll be honest I, the last castlevania i've played and the probably the castlevania i've spent the most amount of time on is one of the game boy advance games i want to say it was harmony of dissonance but mm-hmm. uh I don't have it up here behind me, but it's also been so long since I played that that I just I don't have, you know, a lot of a lot of history with it. The last game I played like this was Metroid Dread um, in the Metroidvania style, and I did not beat that. I got to the final boss, but I just decided I didn't want to spend the time learning how to fight the final boss. (laughs) But but that but this game is also different in that there is actual weapons and armor, which is not something that I was expecting to find. You know, I've come across. I was going to say there's a yeah, there's a big RPG element to this game. And there were sub weapons in previous games before, Mm -hmm. but it's not. But this is like, oh, I have a two handed sword versus a one handed sword. And it it, it has a different reach and this and that. And it's it's very again, it's not something I was expecting. Sorry, I'm fighting these dinosaur heads on on, on the stairs and. And oh, oh, and I'm going to die again. The the floating heads, whether it's the Medusas, it's, it's. these are like, I know, I know these are I know statues. And yeah, like when, you def- when you defeat them, uh, they roll down the stairs at you. And uh, yeah, 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 I know which one you're talking <laughs> about. The, the flying, the fly, the flying villains in these games are typically the bane of most people's existence. Specifically, the Medusa heads are iconic for, you know, messing up uh, platforming. And I feel like oh, there's the some that heads are, you- the Medusa heads are awful. Yeah. Um, all right, so, so so here's a question I have for on, you. Yeah. Here's a question I have for you, Miles. Yeah. Can you tell me what is happening in the story of this game? Well, so at the beginning, uh, you have a uh, Richter confronting Dracula, Richter Belmont. So and... so Richter Belmont, and this is something that I learned when the the Castlevania series came out, uh, or the the Netflix animated series. Uh, that was Trevor. Was that Trevor? Yes, I thought it was Richter and Richter is going to be uh, the subject of the new Castlevania series. So I, I when I grew up, it was Simon Belmont. 
And, and it yes. turns out who that has this, only been, I think, the first game, maybe. The, th- <laughs> well, and Simon's Revenge is too. Yeah, yeah. The um the Game Boy game. Uh, that was I think it was an NES as well. Oh no, no, yeah, to Simon's Quest. Yeah, right, right, right. Simon's Quest, not Simon's Revenge. Sorry, um, and and so to learn that not only do there are the Castlevania games go like this is hundreds of years before Simon, <laughs> which is just wild. Um, there have been Metroid games that go up to the the present day, early two thousands. Which when did that happen? I'm going to assume in the early two thousands. These stupid so, dinosaur heads. It's 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 hundreds of, it's a hundred years after Simon. Uh, Simon's Quest is, is supposed to take place in 1698, and Symphony of the Night t- takes place in 1797. Was was okay? Was 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 Trevor before then? Trevor is in, I believe, Castlevania Three, uh, Dracula's Curse, which is what the series, um, the the anime is really taken off of and i believe that's yeah trevor is is um dracula's curse the castlevania uh the castlevania <laughs> timeline is wild and while it matters it also doesn't <laughs> i died again miles this is the this is my new boss i've defeated many so- bosses in this game and uh So to to answer your question, the beginning of the game, uh, Richter Belmont is confronting Dracula. But in in the time since, Richter goes missing and Dracula's castle reappears. And that's where we enter the the main playable character, the, the, the actual canon protagonist of this game, even though there are at different points, two different characters you can play as. Alucard, the the the. Dampier's son of Dracula, which is Dracula spelled backwards. Everyone loves pointing that out, so I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> um, and he basically goes to investigate. Um, this this game, like a lot of of Minias at the time, um, did a better job of having a a story that you would unfold, uh, much more so than like a Mega Man. But I mean, it was still light on story, heavy on gameplay. You got enough to like every now and then you'd find a room where something was going on, which made the exploration really fun. But it wasn't like you were getting massive cutscenes like you would now. Like yeah. you got you you got sometimes maybe a light exchange, possibly a fight to go with it, and then a couple more exchange lines, and then off you go. Which is fine. But, I mean, that's that's of the time. I, I get that. And again, it's something, remember, it's something that I do also think maybe makes it feel a little like an older, an older game versus a full CG cutscene, you know, PlayStation one game for for sure. And I know I think that at the time, like if you put in Richter's name as the user, you could play as Richter. You can. It even tells you that in the version I'm playing that not oh, only can, not only can you play as Richter, you can put in Maria's name and play as Maria. So the Maria stuff came in later. I don't think she was originally playable in the in the PlayStation game. I believe I believe that was an addition to the PS4 port. But I could be wrong about that. I know I've only ever played as Alucard because Alucard's awesome. Um he is a, a cool looking vampire-like character who 
has just a dope look. I wouldn't want to play anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's one of my favorite characters to play as. And I do love that they they give you such a wide variety of customization as you play, because not only are you leveling up your character to make yourself stronger. So grinding does come into play. There are there are plenty of moments where I did certain things to level my character up because I knew if I one found a certain weapon or went to a certain boss before I was ready, I was toast. And I have encountered and, a couple of those moments. Like right now I'm being chased by a giant spiky ball going down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And I'm, race, I'm racing down these stairs, hoping that I can get to the point where I can jump over it. Now, have you got oh, to the point where it. you can cast spells? No, I haven't yet. I can, I can okay. use the sub items, uh, the, the sub weapons, which is an old, an old, uh, Castlevania trope. Um, yeah, they, they almost never change those weapons, uh, that much, which is one of the things I wish they would, they would do. I'm still kind of surprised you know, with the love that Bloodstained mostly got and the reverence for this game that, I mean, it's Konami, so of course they're not going to put any effort into their games whatsoever, <laughs> but I'm surprised a new Castlevania like this hasn't popped up. I know people, myself included, enjoyed the, you know, Con- Konami-produced oh. Lords of Shadow games. Sorry, Miles, I'm at a boss. I'm at a boss. Oh, boy. The puppet sword have um, died already. <laughs> but I, I, this is a series where, I mean, obviously, you do it right, and you can do an awesome 3D version of it. I don't think the last version was, and I, I'm worried now they would try to just make it a Souls-like, which is I don't think is also the quite the way to go. But after playing Elden Ring, yes, yeah, something like that, maybe. <laughs> But I want to know how you feel about how the game plays. Um, you know, because you have it's an action platformer, so it's not just you know hopping on Goomba's heads. You, you, there's a lot more strategy and um, you know fighting involved. So how are you finding this particular game, especially compared to Metroidvania games that you have played in the past? I know you just said you recently played Metroid Dread. I mean, every every enemy has a a trick to them. Uh, which is which is, you know, something that I think I, I like about this stuff where I'm getting hung up now is not necessarily. You know, the enemies, it's it's uh, it's this it's a combination of like. You know, the 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 way the the the, the different weapons work, like I had a two handed sword that I thought would do more damage than a one handed sword, but it doesn't. It actually does less damage and takes longer to 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 wield. I'm I'm right now trying to trying to trying to defeat this this sword boss and i am failing because i don't have full health because when i enter that room i die immediately and i was already (laughs) not at full health before i started so like the timings of things is 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 really like you know and again i also just played elden ring (laughs) It's like, right. how could I be so decent at that, but really bad at this? Well, so. it's, a, it's a different play style. I mean, you have to really kind of rethink how you're playing the game because it's not like Elden Ring, even though these games are known for being for getting somewhat difficult. Uh, this this game uh, at one point gets very difficult uh, to, I, to a degree. I think uh, I most might be there ma- now. Um, 
I, I'm not trying to, to smack top, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are not. You see, I think you're pretty, pretty early in. Um, I'm still pretty early in. It's true. But because I, I, I know and this is this was something I was thinking about when I when you told me that was the game you hadn't played. And I was like, OK, we have to talk about this. But I'm also thinking about me like this is a gothic horror themed action platformer game. This game was made for people like me. You are not the target audience. So how are you finding that? How are you finding the design? How are you finding the music? Like, what do you think about the actual presentation? I mean, it's it's cool. I mean, it's, I've played games like this before. Like I said, I've played Harmony of Dissonance. I've, I've you know, it's it's not normally my go to thing, but it's it, it. I think it's one of those things that Castlevania is so in your face about stuff uh, like like it's not like I've never played anything Castlevania related before. Like Simon Belmont is in Smash Brothers, you know, it's right. <laughs> it's um, but it's 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 cool. I, I wish that. um I, I wish I was not so bad at this game. Like right now I'm having to race back down the staircase that I just raced up because I need to, I need to farm this staircase. I just died again. So now I'm stuck and I have no way to get around it. This is again, uh, I think a, a, a part of, of gaming that is from the early 1990s. And this is, this is probably the most frustrating thing is that yes, I have a, a checkpoint but I have one potion and no way to buy any more potions. I met a librarian that let me buy things. And then I walked out of the room and realized, oh, I was not at full health. I should have bought more potions. And I went back in and he wasn't there anymore. So, like, <laughs> so I don't know what to do. So now well, I'm just this, being... is a, this is a game that definitely uh, will punish you for your actions, which a lot of those games did back then. Uh, th- this game does get more forgiving as you know you level up. Because that's something you can do. You can, if you're having trouble with the boss, okay, go fart around for a little bit, go in areas that you hadn't explored yet and see what happens. And leveling up is not something that I was expecting. You know, like I I, I do have to say that. Um, uh, I also want to say that the, the and, I, and again, I think this is not new to these games, but why are hearts not your health? Why are hearts your sub weapon? Your, your magic? Yeah, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Why they do that, Miles? <laughs> I, you know, what's so funny is I didn't think about that until as soon as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, they and a lot of a lot of games of that kind do that where the heart isn't your health. It's it's the stuff that you're spending and something else gives you health. <laughs> wild. And it's just wild. I think that's I think that's stuck with Bloodstained, actually. I mean, it makes I sense. Feel like it, did. it makes sense. Um, and see, Bloodstained tried to. I think build upon what you were talking about in terms of the story where there's a a massive amount of dialogue and shared scenes. I don't think it helps because the story of bloodstained is wild. And I remember the first time I was like, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I frankly do not care. (laughs) I just want to play this fun little game Uh, because that's the cool part of the presentation. This game, this game is gother than thou art. Like if you think you are goth, Castlevania, Sim of the Night, will laugh at you. It, it will look at you as if you just walked out of a, a 1990s hot topic. And then it will say, let us go out the evening for pleasure. The night is still young. That's right. As it has just told um, me again, Miles. It told me it again. Yeah, I, I mean, I really love the presentation. I think that from I, I, mean, I remember getting this game i think it was for my birthday because this came out in march of 97 
and my birthday was last week, so it was in June. And I'm I remember you getting this game. You would have gotten being, it. It was it was March of '97 in Japan. It was not until October in North America. Okay, then I got it for Christmas. I know I got it as a gift, and I remember being so excited because this this is catnip for me. It's vampires. It's classical vampires, which is something we don't play with anymore. You know, I mean, outside of any D&D's reuse of Strahd in the last couple of years, we don't we don't play with classic vampires like this anymore. And I I kind of myth myth. I missed these. Just ornate, melodramatic, immortal, whiny, fanged. Miserable people. I've missed them very much because, I mean, there is something special about it. And I think the creators of this game and this franchise, to be to be frank, knew that they knew they knew that, like, if we give you a great presentation of this style, it's going to work. It's just that so often you get that over the top. I mean, honestly, the Simon Belmont from the Captain N cartoon would be how most people think about a character like Simon if it was handled by any other series. Just standard adventurer. And and to be fair, I mean, obviously, Castlevania hasn't been too, too interested in Simon, but it has developed a lot of these Belmonts to being interesting characters. And Alucard is one of the most iconic characters of the franchise, I would say more so than Dracula. I mean, he's definitely I mean, he's the star. He's not the bad guy, you know. Miles, I just figured out something I could do in this game, which I'm very, very pleased at. You know that 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 spiky ball that I was trying to run away from and get over? I just realized that if I start at the top of the stairs, I could knock the spiky ball down and kill all of the enemies in the way. And I just leveled up because of it. Here's my new level up spot for a bit. This is going to be fun. So that's one of the fun things about games like this. It was one of the first ones that I ever played that sort of invited the the situational invention where you they had these things that you could utilize like like you just did and sometimes they were meant to do that and sometimes it just was happenstance but there were things that you could utilize in your environment or in use the stage to your benefit in a way that I don't think a lot of games were doing at the time i mean yes this one's a ball that falls on the stairs you can kind of put two and two together but there's a lot of elements in this game where you use the environment. I, I mean, I would honestly say that that outside of Alucard, the second biggest character in this game is the castle itself. There are so many moments where the castle itself is so important to what you're doing that it almost feels like a, a proper character. And like I said, it's just got so many facets to it. I mean, I, I one of the things that I've always loved is like, you never know initially what you're getting into when you go into the next screen. When you walk through a, a hallway or doorway, you don't know what's going to pop up. Either you're going to get more of the same, they'll start they'll, they'll start playing the music that you were listening to before, or it's not just a like a, a subtle movement. It's a whole like culture shock when you go from one stage to another. Like you could have been in a library and all of a sudden you are in a swamp with this like thrashy music playing or something <laughs> to that effect and you're like what was going on? It was all like classical Victorian piano and and you know violin music and all of a sudden just guitars are wailing now, the rain's falling down, you've got, you know, swamp creatures after you. 
And one thing I love about that is that a lot of these, uh, a lot of these scene changes are you walk through hallways that have the big, like it was this looks almost like a graveyard, except it just says CD across the top, (laughs) which is such a fun. Yeah. Such a fun, weird thing. And we talked about it briefly. um, But this is a 2D game that does utilize its 3D format. There are a lot of moments. I mean, you also have a lot of sprites that are three dimensional. You have a lot of let's turn these doors a certain way. And a lot of things that kind of pop out in almost a the save point D20s are a big thing. Yeah. Oh, those are super fun. And I I just I don't know. There is something because I, I I was so excited when they brought the Castlevania Advance Collection to the Switch because that was everything that happened to the series afterwards. I was typically super into. There were a couple advanced uh, games that didn't quite land for me. They didn't feel like fully fleshed ideas, but was the very end of the advanced games and once they got on the DS, they just they were really interesting. And this I, I feel like this game not only, you know, it's one of the best platformers of all time, but it's also a game that I feel like had such a remarkable influence on, on the franchise because, I mean, the style of this, of, of this game informed how Castlevania was going to be really forever immemorial. Since then. Yeah, I mean, because even the 3D stuff in Lords of Shadow is relatively using the styles of the, of the, the same like kind of design palette of Symphony of the Night. You know, Gabriel is still favoring that kind of protagonist. And I just, I miss games that were just unabashedly what they were. This was, this is a, a goth horror platformer and it makes no apologies. It's not (laughs) trying to sell you on anything. It just goes all in and it doesn't care how silly it acts. I mean, you're, you're, like I said, your save your save point is a giant 3D D20 that when you enter it and jump or, and it ro- rotates around you and is a coffin <laughs> because you're a vampire boy. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's great. And sometimes being on the nose is so fun. And I feel like Elden Ring kind of gets that, too. Yeah, I mean, Eld- Elden Ring definitely picks up. It's not as ornate and flowery in in the grand aspect of of symphony night but it's it's got its moments for sure definitely and and i also i also just like in this game and this is again very much like like it is it's its own thing and it it expects you to kind of just mess around like it's not telling me where to go in this game i'm just kind of walking around trying to figure it out and hope i know what i'm doing and a lot of the time i'm I'm not knowing what I'm doing. So one of the things that I. I feel like I. I found, but I initially struggle with because, I mean, you're just beginning the game, so you you never know. I found the point where I was like, I get why this game is considered one of the greatest of its of its time or of all time. Have you hit that with this game? Do you see why this game has the accolades it does? Or are you still trying to kind of 
connect with it. Oh, no, I'm having fun. Like, it's a fun game. I lo- like when I started playing this, I, I locked I, it took me a couple minutes to lock into it. And once I sort of locked into how the game played, I'm just now knowing like, OK, I, I, I have to I have to learn the dance of these characters. And now that I've done that, like I'm, I'm I've I'm not super far in, but like I've gotten a decent bit of the map that you can buy laid out. I know that there's way more to this map, and I know that at some point the map changes. I just know that oh, like yeah. I, I'm just <laughs> I'm I'm at a weird point right now where I I'm at a both a either a skill check or a power check. And that's, you know, that's a, a, that and that is something that I'm not really used to in a game like this, but I'm not I'm I'm not against it. I'm actually kind of I'm kind of enjoying it cuz you feel pretty good when you when you figure out this game like at the top of the stairs right now, I'm going to have 76 health instead of 20 health. And I feel like maybe I can actually take down this boss while we while we are on the podcast together here. <laughs> well, I think another aspect to this game that platformers desperately need and, and, and future installments don't always have is that I think the level design of this game is fairly unbeatable for a platformer. I think that sometimes it does seem a, a little unfair and then you kind of figure something out and you're like oh this 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 and then like p- what i love about these games is it and, and this is true with the the from soft games too there will be parts that you initially struggle through in time so precisely and then about two hours later you are just traipsing through there like it didn't matter yeah it's one of my favorite moments in any vania type game is when you go through areas that become more of a nuisance then challenge so you're like ah oh, yeah i gotta get these guys let me take a second well it's it's so it's so funny how some of that stuff works because it's like i i, I literally the first boss i was having trouble with and then i realized i could duck and attack and i just mm-hmm. ducked and it can't hit you when you duck so you're just sitting there and it's like that's such a that's such a from soft get from soft thing that i mean i definitely i th- i think that th- there are elements of castlevania that a hundred percent have informed some of the at least the stylistic choices of of from soft and lovingly so i mean if if they were announced to like oh yeah we're 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 teaming up with konami to 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 make a castlevania game i i would be excited i would be tentatively kind of cautiously optimistic because i i was i'd be worried that they would just try to make it a castlevania flavored souls and i don't think that's the answer no and and, and again this this goes back to kind of the idea of are there certain games that that have their have their design and i'm trying to let me rephrase that are there certain games that are locked into the style of a time that cannot evolve not because they not not because the i'm struggling to phrase this but like do castlevania games belong in 2d and i say that knowing full well that like one of the best metroid games uh is metroid prime which is a first person shooter very unlike well uh, unlike how all the metroid games played before that but i mean no I i think it's a valid question because you know the 3d castlevania games have seen their fair share of criticism uh, you had the two uh playstation 2 games uh was it was it chris Darkness and laments of innocence i think um and you had lords of shadow and it's it's predecessor sequels 
and I I have I I enjoy those games. I don't know if my answer is yes or no because I don't think a 3D Castlevania game has achieved greatness in the way that the 2D games have. Do I think it's possible? Absolutely. If you give me a Castlevania flavor of of a different type of game, I'm likely going to give it a shot. Now, you may fall flat on your face like Castlevania Judgment did when they try to make a fighting game. But a Castlevania fighting game. Yeah, for the Wii. Wow, I missed that. Yeah, I missed that. Golly, they didn't. They didn't. Um, <laughs> I want to play that. Unfortunately, now. no, you didn't. Because honestly, I was I was initially extremely excited about a Castlevania fighting game, like a super gothy, you know, I mean, basically, you know, Guilty Gear, but with Castlevania characters sounds awesome. But it was not that. Um, so I, I my, my answers are re- resounding. I don't know, because like you said, you have Metroid Prime, which took the 2D platformer into first person shooter in the absolute best way. I mean, the Metroid Prime trilogy is also considered some of the best games of all time. And and Metroid Prime followed suit of Metroid in that you had things where like you would come back to certain areas after you had unlocked new abilities and explored new parts of that that map. Like like that was it felt like a, a it felt very much like a a Metroid game in a way that I'm not sure that just that 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 a 3d castlevania game would feel that way that wouldn't just feel like a stereotypical dude with a sword walking around a, well, a dark and spooky there castle. are things you could do um i honestly think maybe they can lean harder into the rpg part of it because you can still create 3d games with massive puzzles and move into hey do something kind of classic look if there's ever a time to bring back a retro style maybe shift Castlevania into an RPG. I mean, to to answer your question, because I was going to bring up Mega Man, but Mega Man shifted into an RPG with the Battle Network series as as a card battle RPG. And that is some of my favorite Mega Man stuff. So I, I definitely think it's possible, but I also think it takes real effort. And I don't think it's effort that Konami is going to put into, into anything. Well, I know I sound like I'm just dogging Konami, but they have given me no reason not to. I mean, let's I, let we, we could do a whole episode about the history of Konami. And all of a sudden, Miles, I have gotten I've gotten a new a new weapon twice. And now my 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 attack powers up, baby. <laughs> I'm so much happier now. Sorry, gang, I know that that you can't see me playing as I chase this this rolling spike ball down a hill, but understand uh, that I am doing to, to very be well fair, right I now. can't see him playing either. Um, so I'm just as vaguely annoyed as you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, I know that Konami like still puts out some things. I think they put out like a Yu-Gi-Oh game this year, maybe. But because well, that's a free to play game on mobile that makes a tremendous. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, th- I mean, it's it's. How can I? Oh, yeah, you're right. That's all. They're all free. The only thing they're putting out, I think that's a proper thing is that the Cowabunga collection. Which I appreciate because, you know, thanks for at least packaging the games that I want to play. But, uh, you know. Except for Silent Hill. (laughs) Or Metal Gear. Or Metal Gear, although they have packaged those 
frequently in the past, and I, I would not be shocked if they did it again because they're they are not in the video game business anymore. They are in the we'll use what we had business. Well, they they make most of their money off of pachinko gambling, pachinko like machines, yeah. and things like that. So yeah, and it's it, it's a bummer because I I that's that's why I I, I think that's why the rumors continually persist that some of these IPs are at least for game production purposes are going on sale because a lot, a lot of the feeling is they should there's no reason that the castlevania franchise should languish in pachinko machines a crummy apple arcade game and a very good netflix anime like we haven't had a proper castlevania game i think since like 2012 so i don't want to say about this apple arcade game because again i am playing on a phone right now i am I'm wondering- not talking about that they have an Apple Arcade game. Yeah, I know. I'm, 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 I'm okay. wondering because I wonder how many people are playing with touch controls and not with a controller for that game. And this, and this experience is honestly making me want to experiment with that and see. All I know is that um, our good buddy Mike uh, has attempted it, and oh, he, he, he did, did not, not, he did not dig it. No. No, he had nothing kind to say. Um, so you had Lords of Shadow 2 in 2014. And the last, I think, Castlevania proper was Order of Ecclesia in 2008. So this this series has been just dying. And it's a bummer. because it's, it's been mostly mostly remakes and and collections of pre- of previous games which again this is like if we if we talk about this and this is a whole other thing we could talk about is like what happens with game companies that seem to abandon gaming um you know and and that and it sucks but you know sometimes that's what we the, those are the the cards were dealt with this well and it puts us in an interesting time because we are now in a time period where the big boys, the console makers, are starting to swallow up some of these companies. I mean, Microsoft is buying Activision and Bethesda, and Sony is buying companies that were already making games for them, but they're still buying up. <laughs> hey, they, know, bought Bungie, they bought Bungie too. They know. bought Bungie, which is, you know, awesome for Destiny players, I guess. But like, and I, I, I'm one of them. But I mean, yeah, they're, they're, these companies, these larger companies are starting to either sell off assets or get bought completely. And I don't think it's very long before. I mean, the rumors persist almost before any gaming show more and more frequently that that someone has bought the assets from Castlevania, whether it is or not Castlevania, but, but Konami itself, whether it's Sony or Microsoft changes depending on the day. Um, and. I would I would not be surprised is if if it went within the next year or two that ends up coming true. I mean because Konami has shown no interest, and I, I would I would even I would even speculate that if they put in their contract, so long as we can continue to license gambling machines, you can do whatever you want. Well, and that's the thing that that I wonder is how much money is the license for their for this stuff making that they don't want to give it up. And that's where I could see them licensing out. I could see them before they sell licensing out their IP to another company to make a game first before I see them selling I, the IP. And I mean, that's often I mean, we've heard the the rumors about Silent Hill ad nauseum 
for many years now. They're making that, what, oh, Silent Hill ad nauseum. What is that game going to be about? Oh God, don't start. <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh, you know, they brought they're, they're, they they made up with Kojima. I doubt it. Um, uh, I, definitely I, not. I think at this point, Kojima is never going to do a game that he doesn't own again. Yeah, he will not. There will not be another Metal Gear Solid game or Metal Gear game of any kind from Kojima. Although uh, allegedly, um, <laughs> No Maria spoiled the fact that he's making Death Stranding too. So, well, that's that's another thing that, and uh, we'll talk about this next week. Is that uh, he may not be accurate with that. It is entirely possible that Norman Reedus is working on a different game that he is just calling Death Stranding 2 because he doesn't quite know what he's working on. Yet. That That is also entirely possible. I and mean, yes, we will talk about that uh, next week. But I, I want to get some final thoughts because I know this was a rambling episode, but when we do this kind of stream of conscious thing, it's always going to be a little, a little wonky and I'm going to, you know, just ramble on about how much I love something so it doesn't sound super articulate. Uh, but... Do you have any, 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 I guess, uh, tentative final thoughts on Symphony of the Night? No, this this game, I mean, it's super fun. It's it's one of those things that you forget sometimes how games that are old like this game is nearly 30 years old. Uh, I guess it's 25 years old because that's because it's the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy seven this year. Right. Um, but uh you forget how fast and fluid some of these games actually felt like it, it doesn't feel like an eight bit NES game that feels slow and clunky. This is a speedy little game that that responds fairly quickly. And and, and that is is really, really. I mean, it, it, it feels good. Like I'm, I'm sitting here playing this the entire time I've been going up and down this hallway. I've leveled up twice and it's just I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm having a good time and, and I can feel myself getting better at the game i managed to get like i talked i talked to you guys at the beginning of this episode about how i got to this this i got to this staircase as we were starting recording and i failed getting up the staircase and i made it to this boss that's at the top of this that's at the top of this uh this room with like 10 health well now that i've done this a few times and i've figured out i've learned the game I am now about to face this boss with 96 health. It's not my full 106 health. I only took one hit. And that is after dying multiple times trying to get to the top. I figured out the path. I figured out the dance. I've learned the steps. And now I want to go beat this boss. Yeah, normally I would say, oh, I'm done playing this game for the week. I'm done. The homework is over. But no, I'm invested in at least this boss. <laughs> I'm hoping it gives me the higher jump. Because I really want that. But we'll see. I'm assuming I'm, there's I'm a higher jump. I'm really happy to hear that you had a great time. This is, is certainly one of my favorite games of all time. It, it is such a package for me. And it's another game that I bring up when I think about games that are that come from the especially the 90s, where I think of the aesthetic style that these games set. When I think of, oh, if I'm gonna play a retro style game, it's gonna be in, in blank style, whether it's a mario type or you know an artistic choice that that games make now that are based off of say chrono trigger you know this is a game that has an aesthetic that doesn't age for me and and i've played uh actually i recently played the uh the record lotus war uh metrovania that came out and it's with the exception of the final boss which i think is not really fun uh, 
an exceptional game. It's very, very, very much like this. Doesn't quite stick the landing 100% of the time, but it's gorgeous and certainly a worthy successor to, to Sim for the Night. But this is, yeah, this is gothic, gothic horror action platforming at its finest. And I, I want more. <laughs> I always <laughs> want more of this type. Um, oh, I can speaking just, of, I can destroy these sorts individually. Oh, oh my boy. gosh! I wish I had known that a minute ago. <laughs> speaking right. of wanting more things, uh, this this month is typically known for the uh, massive amount, the deluge of gaming news that comes out because traditionally. This has been when E3 takes place. Now, E3 was canceled this year. They are allegedly coming back next year. So we had a series of showcases. We have uh, Jeff Keighley's uh, Summer Games Fest or whatever he calls it. We've yes. had the Indie, the, uh, the Wholesome Direct. We've had uh, Day of the Devs. We've had um, a PlayStation and Xbox showcase. We are possibly not, maybe not by the time we actually record next week, getting a nintendo direct who knows with them they usually announce it the day before yeah and, and um, this and this is something that if it's compelling enough this may change our recording schedule next week i just want to throw that out there we're aiming to record next tuesday to release on wednesday if something big pops up that sounds like it's going to happen we might push it back a little bit we will see yes because most of my stuff is going to be taken over by indie games i'm just fyi um <laughs> but so we're, we are going to have we're going to end this particular month with a kind of a little sub conversational topic about the games that we are excited about that were either announced or displayed during these showcases uh, celebrating the the future of games. Yeah, and that's it's it's a weird year. We are kind of hitting hitting the covid days of game development and a lot of stuff that we were excited that was coming out this year is not coming out this year and some stuff that we weren't expecting this year is going to be out this year and we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff next week and hopefully even more that we don't even know about yet uh, so with that said if you would like to reach out to us uh, give me some tips on symphony of the night or whatever else you want to you, know, you want to talk to us about you can find us at themoreunerd.com with this and all of our other episodes you can tweet to us at the more you nerd you can go to facebook.com slash the more you nerd and you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com that's the more you nerd at gmail.com and until next time we end this show as we always do with a rousing nerd out, out.